Good morning, it is Monday, December the 7th. I am Ben O'Leary here for Marcus today, once again to have a look at the week ahead with you all. And we are off to a cracking start for the week, with the ASX 200 blowing past the 42 points the futures were pointing to, to now be up 77 points or 1.2% after all US indices printed fresh all-time highs on Friday night. Miners and energy stocks are the strongest this morning, keeping their momentum rolling as the iron ore price jumps 5% over the weekend and oil prices rise on the OPEC Plus agreement to ease its output cuts more gradually. A little bit of strength in the tech space this morning as well, with zero up 3.5% after Goldman initiated coverage with a buy recommendation and a target price of $157, which is another 14% above its current price. Afterpay 2 up 1.5% as their US sales overtake their Australian numbers for the first time in November. The buy now pay later leader has also got a little boost this morning from RBA Governor Philip Lowe saying that the buy now pay later providers can continue to prevent retailers from passing on the service surcharge to their shoppers. Over in the UK, the vaccine rollout begins this week with the first 800,000 doses of the Pfizer-BioNTech vaccine arriving just in time for the immunisation program to commence on Tuesday. This comes as case numbers in the UK and many of its European neighbours begin to steadily decline. Hopefully that marks the beginning of the end of the second wave. We've got our normal Financial Times chart up on the website today in the strategy section. Hopefully this is the first step to move back towards normal but unfortunately, things are not looking quite so rosy in the US, where they have just passed 15 million cases, and there are outbreaks still in California, Texas, Florida, and New York, among others that are spiraling out of control. They really are counting down the days to a vaccine over there. While locally, CSL executive Dr. Andrew Nash has warned that the virus may be with us for a number of years, and we're going to have to get used to living with the ambiguity that comes with it. Nash also commented that we are already seeing supply chain issues with some of the vaccines and a widespread vaccine rollout would not occur in Australia until the second half of next year. Now looking to the week ahead and it is a fairly bare corporate calendar this week as the executives start to head to the beach and the quiet Christmas period begins. Metcash, which is one of our holdings in our income portfolio, has their half year results today and they're up almost 9% early on a nice set of numbers. Underlying NPAT came in well above the 98 million expected at 129.6 million and underlying EBIT jumped from 155.7 million a year ago to sit at 203 million today. Beyond that, the rest of the week consists mostly of a smattering of AGMs. Westpac is the most notable with their virtual presentation scheduled for Friday alongside Pendle, while we also see Bank of Queensland tomorrow, followed by Washington Sol Patterson's and Perpetual on Wednesday. Telstra has the only other real notable event for the week with their sustainability call scheduled for Wednesday, while RBA Governor Philip Lowe is speaking about innovation and regulation in the Australian payments system to the Australian Payments Network this morning. Having a look at the ex-dividend calendar this week, and it is a very quiet week with Collins Foods today, Select Harvest on Thursday, and United Malt Group on Friday. While on the economic front, we have a fairly standard week. Locally, we have a lot of the typical releases with ANZ Job Ads and AI Group Services Index today. NAB Business Confidence, Building Permits, and House Prices tomorrow. Westpac Consumer Confidence on Wednesday, and Consumer Inflation Expectations, and the RBA Bulletin on Thursday. Inflation numbers on Thursday and PPI on Friday are the week's main economic releases over in the US, but all eyes will also be on Jerome Powell's speech on Thursday at the Jackson Holt Symposium, which is held virtually this week, to see if he signals any shift in the Fed's inflation target. 
Outside of that, they have a smattering of the usual releases, including consumer credit change, business optimism, labor costs, non-farm productivity, wholesale inventories, and the monthly budget statement. A couple of significant releases in China this week with balance of trade out today, followed by inflation numbers and PPI on Wednesday, while in Japan we have current account and GDP growth rate out tomorrow, machinery orders on Wednesday and PPI on Thursday. The ECB interest rate decision is the main event over in Europe, while they also have employment change, GDP growth rate and economic sentiment out tomorrow. Brexit talks also continue with France still playing tough guy and the UK has their Halifax house price index out tonight, the Bank of England financial stability report on Wednesday and balance of trade, industrial production, manufacturing production and the three-month GDP average out on Thursday. In the strategy section today, we have our usual technical observations. 30 RSI sell signals showing up on the scan this morning, but there are plenty of repeats from the end of last week there. Find the full list on the website. And we have five RSI buy signals this morning, including Anglo Gold, Domino's Pizza, Galilee Energy, Kogan, and Medusa Mining. You can find the charts for them up on our website too. And finally, if you want to catch all the usual Marcus Today media this week, you can find Chris on AusBiz on Friday morning in his usual spot. An exciting buy-hold sell from Tom Thursday or Friday this week. Henry will be on ABC Radio 774 with Virginia Trioli each morning at 10.25, as well as Radio 2NUR on Thursday. And he will be back for Ask an Analyst on Friday at 5pm. And Marcus will be back with us on Thursday for his strategy section and podcast. Henry will be holding down the fort in strategy until then. That's it from me. Hope you have a great week. See you next Monday. (laughs) 